and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to a very special 50th episode of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, one year of, Jeffrey. of this particular show. One year of the show. 50 episodes of this podcast. 50 episodes of Dynamite, probably. 30 years of Chris Jericho. And about three hours of me being wine drunk. <laughs> well, there, hey, what more can you ask for? Um, that's how time works. I, uh, yeah, the, as we mentioned last episode, uh, Dynamite is celebrating their anniversary on the 14th for some reason, because, of course, they, the show premiered on the first Wednesday in October last year, which was the second. So, you know, that's when well, you know, the second was one of their wait, what day of the week was that? That was, was a Friday. Saturday. It was Saturday. It says Friday on my calendar. Are we sure? Okay, Saturday. Oh, maybe Either it way. was Friday. No, you're right. It was Friday. Either way, it my wasn't bad. a Wednesday, and they didn't want to do it early, and then they had to uh, indulge Chris Jericho with this thing, which may or may not have been in his contract. We'll talk about that. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, we'll discuss what a good idea it is to derail your show that already had a great main event built in. So your uh, main star can have a tag match with his friend. Yeah. um, Yeah, it was, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, that that being said, this is our anniversary. This is when we choose to celebrate. This, yeah, so th- what's more important than Chris Jericho's 30th year, what's more important than a legend of the business wrestling for three full decades is this podcast being around for a year. More yeah. and more are saying this. Yeah. And it's, be- it's the truth. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, uh, one year ago, uh, Chris Damaseno, my co-host on Strong Style Story, we, on the fly, decided to review the first episode of Dynamite and get it out there. Uh, and we, I think we were among the first because we literally got it out there within an hour and a half of Dynamite going quick. off the air. And we, we've pretty much done that ever since for the most part. Um, that is a pretty dang quick uh, turnaround. And, uh, you know, since then, we, uh, I, I'm honestly still somewhat surprised that we've had a full year of AEW um, just because I, I thought for sure that when the pandemic hit, they were going to cease operations for a little while. And, uh, no, they, they ended up totally not doing that. And, 
Well, I've been I've been doing a weekly podcast for a year after years of insisting that I can't do a weekly podcast. Well, if there's one thing and on my previous podcast on Burn After Noticing, I said I've said this. I've said this on podcasts I've appeared on. I've said it on Twitter. I I've said it to people who have approached me about doing a wrestling podcast that I would never do a wrestling podcast. And here we are. And here you I are, am the co-host of this wrestling podcast. And you know what? <laughs> uh, I really like doing it. It's it's a great part of my week. I love talking about this show with you. I like interacting with the listeners off the pod and then talking about it on the pod. I like what we have the potential to grow into as this show grows, and so does Dynamite. We along with it. Uh, it's very exciting. I think the future has good stuff in store for us, bud. And, uh, yeah, part of that, you, you actually went ahead and registered a Twitter account for the show. At We have a Twitter account. We've talked about it on the pod. It is at BGTD Podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it, 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 for a while there, we were kind of, I was kind of rotating people in and out. But, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, I, I got you to, you know, commit. And, you know, we, we've been doing this, uh, just you and I, for a few months now. Yeah, and then, you know, when when one door closes, another opens. Uh, I had a podcast that uh, didn't continue, and I picked right up here, uh, right around the same time that one wasn't uh, going to continue. So it, it's been great to c- continue to pump out content and to do it about wrestling, which I love, and AEW, which I've always been high on, and something I've been following. You know, I attended All In uh, as a Chicago in. I've talked about that before. And, you know, this is something that, you know, ties really deeply into my experience as a wrestling fan because, you know, I got back into it in 2014 after about 13 years off. I'd say around 2001 is like when I left wrestling initially, came back around 2014 strictly to WWE. And then, you know, around late 2015 is when I attended my first indie show in Clinton Township, Michigan. Uh, it was XICW Extreme Intense Championship Wrestling. Saw a young uh, uh, upstart Jake something at that show who is now uh, uh, really making a name for himself out there. And headlining the show was uh, good old Rhino. Uh, oh, nice. Who at the time? Who at the time was also running for Congress in Dearborn, Michigan. He did lose. Being it turns out being a Reagan Republican in the largest Muslim populated place in the country doesn't work. <laughs> who knew? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, but he was very nice to me at the meet and greet portion of things. Right. Um. Yeah, and again, you know, this is you know something Chris and I kind of did, and I mean, a lot of it was based on an offshoot. You know, because let's face it, AEW in a lot of ways is a is kind of a bastard offshoot from uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, New Japan definitely had a big influence yeah. on it because of because of where it influenced the principal players' career trajectories to that, that point. Like the Young Bucks and Kenny and Cody aren't who they are without their New Japan runs. Right, but uh, stay tuned for that because this is going to come up uh, a little bit tonight. But, yes, it is, uh, which I, I think, you know, I probably has something to do with this show being a year old and that kind of thing, you know, right? Right. Well, well, we'll a, a little about. bit, but um, basically, I just want to, you know, end this little piece of the of the show with uh, thanks for putting up with me uh, on a weekly basis for a year. I know that we, we were kind of getting mocked by some of the uh, the PWOM folk because, you know, I, I do three separate shows on the network. You are the uh, hardest working man in wrestling podcasting, folks. And one of them is more isn't, are saying this. And, and He's one of a the, machine. 
And one of them isn't even a wrestling podcast. (laughs) Wrestling. Well, here's the, so one thing I would say pro soccer is a lot like pro wrestling in a lot of ways. I'd say that there's a lot of, of pro wrestling influence in like the culture surrounding it and like the media culture, like how everything's kind of kayfabe in the paparazzi world of, of like international football. And then also like the theatrics during the actual event of the sport, like a lot of soccer and football is so much about emotion and like flopping and like the getting moves across and making things look big in a large stadium and giant celebrations when a massive goal is scored and the, and the flow of the crowd and the momentum and things like that. I'd say it's a lot like pro wrestling. It turns out Jeffrey, pretty much everything is pro wrestling. (laughs) It seems like it, but uh... pretty much everything is pro wrestling. This is something I've been saying for a long time and I can't wait to address more later on in, in life, but everything is pro wrestling. So many things. I mean, obviously, I think politics is a, just a really easy parallel, right? Because a WWE Hall of Famer is the fucking president. Like, obviously, wrestling is politics. Um, but wrestling is so many more things. It's like like how the way it's permeated things like music and things like movies and television and other sports. Like, the way it kind of infects pop culture in this way that, like, almost, like, the collective unconscious just accepts like you can tell somebody like, Oh, Hey, I watch wrestling and they'll say stuff like, Oh, is that still around? Or is that still a thing yet? They'll go to like their favorite sporting event and see people doing the yes chant and do it along with them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But Hey, just so we can get off of this, this, this part of the, the, the show, I just want to thank uh, everybody who's listened to this and to this show for the last, uh, the last 52 weeks. And, Hell yeah. um, I want to thank, you know, of course, Chris Damaseno for being, you know, the, the co-creator of the show, even though he, he, um, he, he decided to, st- to, to move aside from it. Um, Lawrence, yeah, like, like rip Chris, but I'm different. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Lawrence O'Brien, of course, you know, he, he, he's one of my other podcast brothers, you know, ex of a uh, strong style story. And, uh, he helped me out. Uh, during the uh, during the pandemic, when we were doing the uh, Strong Style History uh, NJPW World uh, rewatches, um, you know, because New Japan weren't running shows, so and uh, he and I are supposed to be doing something else, and I've just had no time to commit to it lately. So uh, I'm hoping to get well, you're back. You're already with doing that three soon. podcasts. What, right. what time is there? Right in well, this economy. Well, <laughs> plus, you know, the, the the whole work thing, and you know, allegedly, I'm supposed to be writing comic books too but god allegedly knows, allegedly um but i also <laughs> want to thank uh some of the other uh, guests that have come on this show including uh the cubs fan um john pingle of uh, tornado tag radio and uh of course uh tom batista of the military industrial suplex um of this network as well even though i haven't seen a new episode of that in a while tom so uh yeah, I ho- 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 hope the show's not dead, but... Uh, I'm going to start an angle on this one, too, in pure wrestling podcast fashion. But uh, anyway, so thanks for everybody who's uh, who's guested on this show and, 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 and listening to it. But, uh, and and, th- and since, since you're not going to do this part, thank you, Jeff, for, for being the host of this podcast and for keeping this thing going despite some chaos, some uncertainty. You found a way to continue it to make it happen. You know, this podcast doesn't exist without you and without you deciding I want to continue to move forward and I want to find a new co-host and reaching out to me. Uh, you made this happen, so thank you, dude. Well, thank you. Thank I, I appreciate that. All right, let's get back to normal biz. Did you watch Dark this week? 
I didn't, and I should have because Eddie Kingston was on it. Ah, uh, so, damn. Yeah, he wrestled in Badu and he won. Uh, I did not get a chance. I've been trying to work with some internet problems. Uh, I have to run about 150 feet of Ethernet cable. I didn't do that today because I also had a couch delivered. I'm very domesticated, Jeff. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I did that while also taking care of my dogs and applying a few coats of Scotch Guard to the new couch. Well, there you go. Uh, Man, I, I was just real in domesticated guy mode today. So we'll, I, I, we'll get to AEW Dark eventually. I, I, I used to know some people in high school who who did Scotch Guard bongs. Oh, interesting. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. That, that's yeah. That's that 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 is something. And, I've and been, I, so I, I've been taking dabs lately because uh, I can't like like you know I live in a state where you can't just like walk to a weed store anymore, right? So I have to acquire my THC through various means that I won't discuss in the podcast. But one of them is I can acquire like the wax, like the dabs, right? Okay. Um, and, and I don't do those very often, but like I'm doing them now. Uh, and like you got to do the whole thing. It's like fucking you got to light a, a big piece of metal with like a torch, like a little piece of metal with a torch. And you dip it in the, in the thing. And it's like a whole thing. It's weird. But um, I guess got to like it makes me take a step back and remember like how truly novice I am at smoking weed as I age because like this stuff turns my brain into like absolute goo like just straight up fucking soup uh, like I was I was losing it earlier and I'm really glad I recovered enough to come back to do this podcast cuz holy shit these kids are smoking some crazy weed now man I get it from a zoomer and like oh, they're, they're like totally used to it. They're like, yeah, we just do this all the time. And I never thought I'd be in the point to be like, man, you kids do some crazy shit. But these kids are on some shit, man. And speaking of people whose uh, brains are might, might be a little uh, alter in an altered state, let's go. Episode fifty of AEW <laughs> Dynamite live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Your hosts tonight: uh, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. Uh, but we start the show with uh, some video testimonials from AEW talents about the 30-year man himself, Chris Jericho. And uh, it, it is what it is. All, all, all the great moments, of course, are AEW great moments. Um, but, you know, I, I can think of a few other uh, great moments. I'm not going to give mine because uh, if you recall, if you look in the archive of this network, uh, myself, Chris, and the hosts of Days of Thunder, uh, uh, Dave Ryan and Stagger Lee Malone, uh, we did a whole two-hour podcast about favorite Jericho matches. So, so well, I'm not, so not going to rehash that here. That. Yeah, so I'm not going to hey, rehash if you that want... here. So what, what, what's your favorite Jericho moment? My favorite Jericho moment, God, it's probably still a thousand and four holds. There's just it's such a classic. Armbar. It's Armbar. so good. It's it's a, it was ahead of its time. Um, you know, it was ironic comedy in a time where not a lot of it was happening uh, in that era of the '90s. Uh, you know, using both sides of the commercial break was brilliant, and it just really was a sign of who Chris Jericho was. Like that, like that's a, if you were to like encapsulate Chris Jericho's career, like who he is as a wrestler, you show that to somebody, like, then you get it, right? You get Chris Jericho's whole thing. Right. And while he's evolved his character and done changes and been different, he's always been that guy who's done the thousand and four holds, right? Just that shithead. Um, and it's, you know, so I think that's like a perfect encapsulation of his career and something I always call back to if I want like a good upbeat moment in wrestling, like I want to have a good laugh. Uh, it's a great segment. So I'd probably say that. 
Okay, all right, that, 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 that's fair, that's fair. So once the testimonial airs, uh, we, we, we pull up and uh, we see the announcers, uh, you know, the aforementioned Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and, and Excalibur, uh, joined by Taz and uh, someone that uh, JR refers to as Ricky Skaggs, the, the banjo player. <laughs> Yeah, I so I didn't see a whole lot of this because, uh, full disclosure, I was cooking a delicious steak dinner, so Ooh. I missed a little bit of this. And I so you, how about you tell me what happened in this first match? Okay, well, the first match, uh, it was actually Ricky Starks, of course, joining Taz. As uh, we have the first defense of the of the FTW uh, championship, uh, probably since '98 ECW. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Uh, Brian Cage, <laughs> of course, defending against Big Will Hobbs. Uh, this was two beefy boys. Uh, Big meaty men slapping meat, and that's what it was. And you know what? I don't. You know what? That that's. What, what more can I say? It was any match that makes Big E smile is a match I'm okay with. And I did. I saw a couple parts of this. And yeah, what's not to like about two big dudes running into each other a lot? Yeah, I mean, it was a hoss fight, and we loved it. Absolutely, absolutely. Will Hobbs is is a thing, man. Will Hobbs is, is something. Yeah, we need and, Will Hobbs. And uh, of course, Cage gets the win, but uh, ironically, Taz tries to recruit Will Hobbs. Which, yeah, I think that's a nice touch. That was a nice touch. Like, and he, he got a like good a guy promo who with it, too. The respect of these guys, right? Because, like, he rocks. Yeah, and so he tries to re- actually recruit uh, Will Hobbs. Uh, Hobbs tacitly declines as Darby Allen appears to, uh, you know, break up the proceedings. And, uh, yeah, Taz, Taz talks some shit towards Darby Allen, too. So, so that, that, that feud Taz continues. Run, man. This, this whole Taz thing, they found something here. If you would have told me like six to eight months ago that Taz was going to be like one of the top mic men in AEW, I would have been surprised but also excited about it. And uh, yeah, I, for I, I, good reason, man. He's killing it. He's killing I, it. I, I would have said no way in hell. I, I would have said <laughs> yeah, no way. That's but, also fair. But here we are. But um, here we are, and he's doing a great job, man, and every it, fucking week. He's cutting promos like it's '98 EC, like like it's ECW. Again. Yeah, he's really found something there. I don't know if it's maybe he just likes the job, if he's inspired creatively, whatever is going on there. Uh, Taz has really tapped into something we haven't seen from him in a long time. I think a lot of it is also him becoming a more polished broadcaster, right? In the time that we've seen him in wrestling, he had the radio show. You know, he's on Sirius XM, so he's doing that. He's doing more podcasts. He's been on the mic a lot more, right? So obviously he's going to be a lot more polished, and he's definitely taking those skills, and they've translated really well back into him being a wrestling manager. Awesome to see. We then go, as we cut the commercial, we uh get more, uh, you know, well wishes and testimonials uh, for Chris Jericho, including uh, Slash, uh, Dennis yeah. Miller, which, boo, uh, and uh, Hiroshi let me tell Tanahashi. You 30, 30 years, babe, that's longer than... I'm going to lose it. I can't, even, I can't even do my Dennis Miller impression. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Well, yeah. I mean, the ace himself. He's so he's so he's one of the only wrestlers i own more than one wrestling shirt for so that's that's (laughs) i I own two tanahashi shirts one of them and i'll i will post a picture on the podcast twitter account so follow at bgtd podcast to see pictures of my tanahashi shirts i'll post them later i got one at the high spots table at starcast in vegas it's so majestic it's such a beautiful beautiful shirt i can't wait to post and the other one was a gift 
from a friend, friend of this podcast and friend of me to wrestling, my boy Kevin from Long Island, when he was in Chicago, got a mystery box from wrestling Juniors. And uh, one of them was this Tanahashi shirt, and he uh, he passed it along to me. It was very kind. That's nice. But yeah, I got, I got some dope Tanahashi. Any shirt that contains Hiroshi Tanahashi's hair is a shirt that I would wear proudly. He, he has the he has the most beautiful hair. Just majestic, he? man. And look, I'm from Detroit. I know about hair. Mike Babcock was my head uh, uh, hockey coach for my, my hockey team. I know about good hair. <laughs> uh but you know what? Uh, Tanahashi sets a theme for the rest of the night because when we come back from commercial, we get a, a pre-tape promo from uh, uh, Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. Now, I'm guessing Archer maybe is is recovering, we hope. I, yeah, it looks like it. I mean, he sounded better than uh, a, another famous figure who posted a video of them talking today who didn't sound so good. Uh, but um, a certain important uh, public figure who seems like he's in pretty poor health and, and uh, probably may not be hanging out with us too much longer on this astral plane, inshallah. But anyways, uh, but here, here's the interesting part is that they showed uh, images or footage. I can't remember which now because so much has happened on this show uh, from busy show yeah. from Wrestle Kingdom 14. Between yeah. Lance Archer and John Moxley, there was uh, there was a little bit of so we're gonna get into more of this, but uh, a seed planted from a, a promotion that really wouldn't acknowledge New Japan at all for a while is starting to uh, it, it, well it well the timeout no that's not entirely true because well, yeah I guess there was the the Undertale thing yeah which kind of, which was an explicit but also more in a like in a way they had acknowledged WWE, right? right? Well, but you know, and and Jim Ross also has explicitly mentioned Okada a couple of times, right? Okay, fair. So, but yeah, Too it's shit. just. But this was like a really blatantly out there. Uh, that so we we already have two riffs from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, stay tuned because there will be more. Um, our second match of the evening for the AEW World. Tag team titles. Another brush with greatness as FTR defend against the Hybrid Two, uh, and Helico and Jack Evans. We haven't seen them on TV for a while. No, they've done some dark work, but not a whole lot. I don't know. I think they were quarantined in different parts of the country at one point. But yeah, everyone's back. I think on Helico might have been in Australia, which is hard to get in and out of. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we see later, because uh, Chavo yeah, Chavo is in yeah, Australia. Chavito is in Australia. And you know, you said something about uh, guys like Tanahashi setting the tone for the night. I would contend that Gene Simmons set the tone for the night because it was always the worst guy from every band that was like shouting Chris Jericho <laughs> out the whole night. Yeah, Gene, Gene Simmons, Simmons Lars Ulrich. Gene Simmons can kiss my ass. Yeah, you know, fuck Gene. Gene Simmons can lick my balls with that huge tongue. You know, I I, I dressed up as Gene Simmons when I was you know oh six, like in nineteen seventy nine for for how I always wanted to dress like Paul Stanley. So you know I okay. felt you know one Paul to another. I always felt the connection, right? Right. Well, my so father's name is Paul. In that regard. It's a great name. Great name. Uh, my grandfather's name was Paul too. Wow, a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of strong, strong Wessel men there. Uh, in Spe- any event, and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> in any event. Uh, and as as friend of the podcast, Doug Crap has said, what the fuck is a Jeffrey? 
yeah <laughs> Doug, you know what Doug, Doug, Doug really got you there Doug I got my eyes on you buddy Keep, I you know what I you ain't forgot about you I, I I ain't forgot about you motherfucker <laughs> never never ever take your eye off Doug Kraft that's a very important rule as far as being online you never take your eye off Doug Kraft we're watching you he's he's gonna get his one of these days oh shit we're setting up angles let's go uh this match completely clash of styles but somehow it worked yeah somehow it worked uh i really actually popped for that double submission yes that, that was it, really good that, and helico can wrestle man like this is something he injuries have really ravaged him but like if you go in and I'll, I'll i call back to a lot of guys with this but like his lucha underground run was really good uh the trio stuff he did with matt cross and evil lease was top notch oh yeah yeah his, yeah, his feud with Ivelisse and like the singles matches he and Ivelisse had were really good. Uh, there's a lot to like with Angelico. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to see him back. He and looks like he's 100. percent Jack Evans, his ass off. Jack Evans, good stuff. Jack Evans just does the good stuff, as uh, Jim Ross called him. Uh, what, what was it? Uh, hold on, I got to get the exact quote. I can't mess this up. <laughs> oh no, Jim Ross. Yeah. Well, Wait, 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 I got this. He called Jack Evans a small, angry dog on too much diet Mountain Dew. Oh, I did hear that. That was so good. Good Lord. That's what we tune in for, folks. That's that's when, like, so we talk about JR's peaks and valleys on this podcast. We bring up the good and, you know, sometimes even more often the bad. But when JR's on, he's on, and he was pretty on tonight. He was fun. He yeah, was actually, he, he kind of was. I mean, <laughs> he was at the peak of like the, the, dumb, the, dumb goofy JR stuff. The, and, the, like, that's the, that's what I tune in for. Yeah, the the Ricky Skaggs thing, notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, anyway, uh, FTR get the win. Uh, they did not do the the mind breaker or whatever they call that. Uh, they did, yeah. the, you know, the uh, superplex into a. Uh, which something that AEW's done pretty well is they don't end every match with a finisher. Right. Or they you know, switch those things up or have guys go from pin, fall moves, to submission moves, and, and so on and so forth. They they don't do a ton of roll-ups, but when they do them, they're surprising, gives that more effect. It's like my crusade to bring back one counts. I think there should be more one counts in wrestling, Jeff. I think if we were doing one counts more often, two counts would be more effective. Well, you know what? Um... We kind of have one later, later. So yeah, good news. And, and it worked. One good. counts work, man. And like, I feel like we lost touch with one counts. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. It's like the WWEification of the wrestling brain has like really done damage beyond what I think we even analyze and what we even think about in the scope of like how much it permeates and affects like our, our consciousness as fans. And I think that's one of them. Like everything has to be a two count in WWE because everything has to like be like exciting and like, and that takes away from it, right? So I think getting back to, you know, live show style wrestling that does like include more one counts. This shit works. Um, post match we see that the young bucks were watching the, the this very match. Uh, in the WWE weird angle style where people are watching you know the the matches backstage and by the way staring at them with what i am convinced is the exact same look that they angrily give their boners when they want them to go away (laughs) that's the look right there jeff see those eyes did you see those eyes you tell me i'm wrong now and then they super kick the cameraman because you know why the fuck not yeah let's just go kick workers in the head 
Yeah. They uh they asked on Twitter who they should super kick next, and I told them each other in the dicks. <laughs> They're probably gonna post footage from some backyard match where they did just that. Um What? So, I'd pop that. <laughs> so uh in in the midst of all this, uh we get an image flash up on the screen of uh, the members of FTR with their faces on hot dogs. <laughs> And Which then, and then the shirt that I would wear too. And then Chuck and Trent come out wearing a T-shirt with said image on it, and this was actually pretty funny. I would absolutely wear this T-shirt. I also tweeted that I would like a like a custom your face on a hot dog champion T-shirt, so you can put your face on a hot dog and customize which belt you want, and it's <laughs> you as a hot dog as a champion as a T-shirt. There you go. Who says no? Who? You know what? We should make that. This should be the Boom Goes the Dynamite t-shirts. Our faces on a hot dog as like champions of, of podcasting. You know what? I'll th- let's that'll let's be our it. that'll be our first Boom Goes the Dynamite t-shirt. You know, I have successfully not done a t-shirt for Strong Style Story yet. Maybe we can do one for for this show. Hot dog champions is the new Boom Goes. Folks, tell us what you think about hot dog <laughs> champions. Follow us at BGTD Podcast. And tell us what you think about the hot dog champion t-shirt. Would you wear a hot dog champion t-shirt? Our faces as hot dogs, as champions. Give us your thoughts. Send us some feedback. <laughs> so that bad, that match. The real throat coats, the real glizzy gods. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that match will be next week. Um, so before we cut the commercial, we get MJF cutting a, his own Jericho testimonial promo, where he promises he may or may not come out during the celebration. Okay, then. I mean, it is his night. It's up to him. True that. True that. Our third match of the evening. Oh, goodness. Strap in. Literally. Goodness. Literally strap in. Oh, my. From your neck with a chain to another person's neck that's also on a chain. The TNT championship match, dog collar match between a lot of people. They can't people can't see this, but we're actually connected by a dog collar chain right now. <laughs> between uh, that's what you guys you guys have been able to hear the chains in the background of the podcast the whole time, right? Like, <laughs> you can hear the chains, right? That's because me and Jeff are literally connected by a chain from Georgia to Chicago this whole way. We Mag- did it. The the magic of radio, folks. That's how we do it. <laughs> Mr. Brody Lee versus uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, they did have Greg Valentine out because obviously they can't, you know, really bring Roddy Piper out for this one. We all knew that he, Greg Valentine was out. The only person that didn't know Greg Valentine was out there was Greg Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Greg, but go to bed, dude. You don't need to be here. It's cool. Uh, I like his gold chain. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the chains, uh, it was a dog collar chain, but the real the real chain in this match was Greg Valentine's gold chain. Um, this match got bloody quick. And, this uh, match fucked. Let me can we talk about horny wrestling for a second? Um, wrestling. Can I stop you? No, no, you <laughs> I can't. Didn't think I could. <laughs> wrestling is at its best when it's violently horny. It's always been that way, and tonight was a prime example this match fucked there's no way around it 
I, my first mad my my first note on the uh, on the match is the fact that John Silver was the first one to bleed in this match. John Silver was the first one to bleed, but hey, you know when when uh, when you hit that chain, when you hit that metal, uh, you're gonna bleed. It's the way it goes. So they did it, uh, and it was kind of a cool way to do that because we all expected Cody to be the first person to bleed, right? I we think we did. Cody to just immediately, just like start bleeding because he looked at the chain funny. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's like you know when Gigi Allen came out, you knew eventually it was going to be blood or shit or piss or something going on. Some combination of those. Yeah. Maybe even all three, if you got really lucky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, but of course Cody Rhodes is no Gigi Allen, but thank God for that. Um, good news, but, um, yeah, I, this match rocked. Um, I, I, However, I, I have one major complaint about this is the fact that they put one of the pivotal moments of the match happened during the commercial break. This was a strange choice, and I don't know if it was just an error in timing or what. I don't know what anyone was thinking, because if you're Cody and Brody Lee and you know that you're in commercial break, why on earth would you do this move? And I feel like Cody would know better. So my assumption is that this was a timing error. And that they didn't know they were at commercial. How? Because there's no way you consciously do that knowing you're at commercial, right? I you would think. Am I crazy here? Because what? I mean, that's an insane spot. It was a beautiful package pile driver. I mean, to to put someone that big into a package pile driver is a feat. Cody had a hell of a match here, and I know that there are. Uh, we I, I've been the Cody defender, uh, trademark registered copyright uh, on this podcast and elsewhere. But I know that you're on board with me here. Cody had a hell of a match. No, th- I have no complaint. I mean, other than, you know. It wasn't the, the, just Brody Lee. Cody kicked ass. Oh, no, match. no, he not at all. There. It was, no, oh, no. Cody both, showed the fuck up, man. Yeah, no, both guys had to be on point for this match to and, work, and, and they did. And absolutely, yeah, they were. Um, the chain spots were great. Yeah, that package pile driver was awesome, and it was ruined by being in fucking picture-in-picture. So, yeah, timing, that's an important thing when you're putting on a TV wrestling show and a very fair critique. I also think the finish. I mean, I guess we need to, like, again, you know, some something we've talked about in this podcast before, let it breathe and let the narrative, you know, take its course and see if it can pay off. But I don't know, man. Didn't Brody just win this belt in August? Uh, Close enough. Yeah, yeah. It's been, what, five? Yeah, so, yeah, August. Yeah, because it was on that Saturday Night Dynamite. So, yeah. So, the point was to have a a two-and-a-half-month run just to give it back to the original title holder? Yeah, yeah, I'm not not very fond of... I don't like to step too far out of kayfabe because I do think it's important to suspend your disbelief in a lot of ways to really enjoy wrestling, right? I don't want to be a total mark, but, like... I think it's important to let like let the narratives kind of guide you, like the same way you'd watch a TV show, right? Yeah. But it's some tough booking, brother. I I, I agree. Um, but that being said, uh, some other notes I have here. Um, I, I still think Arn Anderson is absolutely wasted in this, you know, role where he's like Andy Reid or Mike Holmgren or some shit. However, you think but, so? Because yeah, I okay, yeah I do. However, that bit with Brody just whipping a fucking chair right at him holy shit yes i'm so glad you brought that up what a really dangerous spot to do like holy 
fuck. Like what? It, it was like, really dangerous. Go wrong so easily. It was really like, dangerous. You're just gonna but... frisbee. They're gonna fucking disc golf drive this fucking folding chair at a sixty year old man's head and just hope he gets out of the way. Yeah, I mean, it. It, it thankfully. Holy shit! Thankfully, it worked. Yeah, because that could have went really bad. Oh yes, it could have. And then <laughs> we got a, but we got an Arn spine buster out of it too, which was really great. And then also Arn taking an ass whooping. I thought that whole thing was great. I thought Arn was really, he really showed up tonight. I, I think he was great. Yeah. For the most part, I think his character is wasted on Cody Rhodes, but I think this was interesting. It, 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 that that whole sequence did work. I also loved, as you just mentioned, the one count crossroads. That was the good. one count crossroads. Yes, more one counts. This shit works. And when you do one counts, especially early in matches or off of minor moves, you make the two counts more effective. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. I don't but, see what's uh, so hard to understand. Like, I don't know why that's like a lost part of wrestling psychology. It's really strange to me. Uh, but with that, Cody Rhodes wins and regains the TNT championship. So it was yeah. now the, 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 the third generation champion of this belt. And I, I got to be honest, man. I just don't know how I feel about it. Like, again, narrative. I, you know, they, they let these storylines play out, but it just seems like a strange thing to do is have Cody win this this belt back on a Wednesday night, you know, a month and a half, two months after yeah. and it, won it, it and was establishing himself as a really strong heel champion. It's almost like they're they wanna they wanna rush this dark order thing despite like slow playing literally everything else that's going on on the show. It doesn't make any sense to me. I agree, and this was kind of a, a this should have been maybe been a pay per view match. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. why, like this was well at the very least, this should have been the main event of this show. And well, yes. pacing, what, pacing was an issue in this show tonight, and, and I definitely have a take on why, but I want to get to it later. Okay. Um, afterwards, uh, Cody, of course, cuts a victory promo that actually I thought was a, actually a very good promo. I, I, I did like that promo. And this he, is Cody stuff, right? Like, this is what Cody does best. Like, being the intense, like, I've done it my whole life. I was born for this, like, kid of destiny type shit. Um, he, he throws out an open challenge for next week, and it is answered by someone who already recently challenged for this very title. Orange and deserves Cassidy. another challenge. That's and deserves fine. another I, one. All excuses for Orange Cassidy to be on my television. You know we're going to take. Hell yeah, let's go. So, but yeah, this, this match, uh, this match slapped. This was a great match. This was the best match of the night. This match should have been the main event. Yeah, totally agreed. We come back from commercial and we get more participants in this eight man, number one contender tourney for the AEW world championship. Uh, Wardlow, Holt Cabana oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. Adam page, which we talked about last week. We knew that was coming. Yeah, we, we kind of did, but we cut backstage to Alex Marvez interviewing Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega makes a not very oblique reference to G1 Climax. He does. In, and in also, this. was Kenny? did Kenny Omega just, like, talk weird in this promo? I thought like, he... He's just, like, had a weird energy. I, I think he that was is... trying to go back to the old cleaner persona, and he just kind of wasn't... He was just kind of wavering with it. But he, he completely insults Adam Page the entire time, too. Yeah, he's throwing he's throwing some shade, and that is the T. 
he, 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 yeah, he, he kept insulting Paige, calling him a tag team wrestler, you know, despite the fact that, you know, Paige wrestled in the match for, to crown the first AEW world champion. Yeah. Which I hope Paige remembers that and throws that right back in his damn face. Um, but yeah, it, it, it definitely seems like that they're, they're, they're going to start healing the, the actual three man elite now. Yeah, they might. We're going to see some interesting stuff here. Um, yeah, the character development, I don't know where it's going to go with these guys. The, I just thought Kenny was weird in this one. Yeah, it's like he's trying to do like a big departure just because he got away from Adam Page, and it almost felt like a little much to me in yeah. this instance. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Ken- Kenny Omega. It felt like a little, but. But Kenny Omega is always a little much. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, he, he's always hamming it. I mean, he, he's always oh, yeah. hamming it. And he, he's I, the theater kid's wrestler. That's like that's yeah, that's well, his bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he's not quite, you know, anime supervillain like he was in New Japan yet. But, you know, give it time. He'll, he may, he'll be back in that persona, too. You know what? I would like to see him as full-on anime supervillain in America. I think that would rock. I think it'd be a really fun character and it would have a hint of like, as long as he threw like a hint of like self-awareness and irony to it, I think that could be a really interesting. I mean, uh, that was, I mean, that's what made the cleaner character work in new it, when he was in the junior division in new Japan. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it could work with an American audience if it's done right. And I think if he makes nods to the right animes, you know, if he does like uh like dragon ball shit and like death note shit and like shit that Americans know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe some Jojo type shit. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Our fourth match of the evening, Big Swole, finally returning to the ring against... Great gear, the tuxedo gear. Let me just shout that out real quick. Uh, Super awesome. Uh, She's up against Serena Deeb. I think, is this her... This is her uh, Dynamite debut, is it not? Uh, I think it might be her second Dynamite match. Okay, maybe it is. I had to go back. I could be wrong. Either way, Serena Deeb is there now. She's a thing, and great signing. Great signing for if you want, like, a veteran who can do these type of matches, who can be great in the locker room. She, it's crazy to think about how long she's been wrestling. She's been around, what, at least 14 years, probably longer. Uh, this match, however, was okay. Um, I I think a lot of this, again, was due to the timing because the commercial break uh, cut out like a full quarter of this match. Yeah, there was that, and I also think anyone following this Cody Brody match, like, just a task that really, what's up to that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, like, I, well, no one again, should have been asked to follow that match. Again, this is why it should have been the main event, but I, I, I know why it wasn't. And we'll, we'll exactly. Well, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. But no, it's, it's cool to see Serena Deeb there. She's been there. She's been a wrestler a long time, and I like to see veteran signings, especially in the women's division. There, I think. Having some uh, uh, young folk and having some up and comers and some prospects and then some like real solid hands like Serena are really good for building a division and a roster. Uh, this felt like, uh, yeah, it felt like one of those like cruiserweight or I'm sorry, one of those like May Young Classic kind of tight matches almost. Uh, I, thought, I thought there was a lot to like there. And yeah. I, so, Big Swole's a star, man. She is. Uh, but again, the women's division not getting any love, really. The, well, Where's Hikaru Shida? Where's your champion? Why isn't your champion on TV? Yeah, where the hell is she? It's what's well, going on po- here? I know she's in Florida because she posts on her Facebook and like Twitter and Instagram or whatever of like she's like hanging out with Jaguars cheerleaders or like making videos with her cat. She's out there doing this, but you're, she's not on the show. And, and ah man, and we and we not- have a, and we have a, a one year of 
Dynamite anniversary show next week, and they and have your not... women, yeah, your women's belt should be featured prominently on this. And yeah, it's a problem that it isn't. Where's uh, Nyla Rose? Uh, uh, where's I mean, the entire top five of the women's division besides Big Swole was not on this show. Right, if you're going by their power rankings, right? Right, is that right? So AEW, and we we should take a quick minute since we're talking about women. Uh, the power rankings were finally sort of interesting this week uh, because on their top five, it also included uh, up-and-coming member of the women's roster, Abaddon, who I think is just great. Um, you, how much of Abaddon have you seen? I, I've seen a little bit of her, and yeah, I, 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 I like her. Um, have you, did you notice that she has She's a she has a T-shirt now, too? Creative. Oh, does she? She does. I got that in my email yeah, today. Look that up. Okay, so so your women's rankings, your top five women are Nyla, Big Swole, Penelope Ford, Abaddon, and Britt Baker. One of your, and then including your champion, one of your top six in your own power ranking appeared on your show. And then we look at the men's division, and you have Moxley and Brody as the champions, then Lance Archer, Brian Cage, MJF, Cody, and Scorpio Sky. Everybody besides Scorpio Sky appeared on the show today. Uh, well, this no, is no, a Scorp- Scorpio did a uh, video testimony for Jericho. Okay, which well, whatever, man. But for, he so, was did, on... so did Lars Ulrich. Well, that's true, but he he but he was on <laughs> so TV. Did, so did Lars Ulrich. So did D. Snyder. So did fucking um, I don't know, Steel Panther. Who else is on it? Steel Panther. Steel Panther. Fucking Gabriel Iglesias. I don't give a shit about the Jericho tributes. And then you look at the, the, the tag team division. You got FTR and then Best Friends, Young Bucks, QT and Dustin, Butcher and Blade, Santana and Ortiz. And again, when you have a strong division, where were the Butcher and the Blade tonight? Where were Santana and Ortiz tonight? They, were they even ringside with Jericho? I don't even remember seeing them. They were, yes. Okay, well, at least there's that. And Dustin was out there with Cody, obviously. But, like, this is crazy that one of your top six women is on your show. No, I agree. No, they, they really are letting the side down. It's a two-hour show. And, and, you know, You've got to make more time for it. And, you know, the, the thing is that they keep also mentioning the, this heels thing. They always do it during the women's matches, but then they, but, you know, by their own admission, this wasn't for fans of women's wrestling. It was for women fans of wrestling. I'm just going to say it again because I still think I'm right about this. I don't think Brandy likes women's wrestling that much. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> I don't think of – I think there's a lot of people in AEW that aren't huge fans of women's wrestling. And I think – here's the thing, though. I think Tony Khan is a fan of women's wrestling. Right. So that's what I think is weird because I genuinely do think Tony Khan likes women's wrestling. But anyway. But just haven't found time on this show, and it, I think it's worth addressing on our show. I, I think so, too. But – Regardless, Big Swole gets the win and uh, moves on, hopefully to rise in the rankings for a division that they don't seem to really actively give two shits about. There needs to be more love to it. Your champion is a star. Hikaru Shida has a tremendous personality. She's marketable. Uh, um, She's really good on camera. She's really good for fans. You should be pushing her. You should be marketing her. You should have her on the marquee. You should put her in main events. She should be a fighting champion. It's crazy that she's not we cut the commercial and come back, and John Moxley is cutting a promo. And uh, yeah. once again, we have explicit references to New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yeah, this is what makes that three or four references now. This is four now. If you if if you ca- if you count the oblique reference 
the 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 not very oblique oblique reference that Kenny Omega made to G1 Climax. That's a big number. Yeah. So um, and it ain't the last one yet. It ain't it ain't the last one. But... More to come, folks. And so, what did you think of this uh, Moxley promo? I actually liked it, and. I, Actually, I, what do you mean? Don't sound surprised. This shit ruled. No, it did rule. And I, I, I love the fact that he ended the promo with the everybody dies and then just slams that shot glass down. So the thing about Moxley is he's so good at being the champion of this promotion. Like this is like like perfect use of this character. Like he's just so good at being a charismatic champion, right? Right. He's great at being the guy that everyone's chasing. He's great at being the man with the belt who's almost burdened by it, but he can't stop fighting. You know, because right. he's always making like those references to like, well, could this guy beat me? Oh, well, maybe he can. Have I been doing this a long time? Sure. Am I going to give out? Yeah, totally. But not fucking yet, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I love that. No, no, I no, think no, that no. rocks, and he's so good at portraying it, and like his just his cadence and the way he carries himself while that belt's on his shoulder. He really does like elevate the title. And this is the perfect guy to have your champion as you're building a show like this, right? Because he's the guy that if you're the casual fan, you tune in and you see this bastard as the champion, you're like, I want to see anyone fight him. You know, the thing right? is, I want to see anyone take their shot at this guy. Right. And, and you know, the, 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 the thing is that it's completely different from Jericho's run because Jericho's run, of course, was elevating, you know, the, the young up and comers. Moxley's yes. run has been him against these. It, with the MJ, the the glaring accession of MJF fighting against these big monster motherfuckers, you know? yeah, and like I, you know, he's so yeah. Now they they both elevated the title in different ways, right? Like Jericho helped like bring the brand up and like get some eyes on, but Moxley is the guy to really carry it to a level even higher. And it's it's hard for me to imagine him losing this belt anytime soon because I don't see anyone else with the ability to carry it the same way he does. Well, uh, at least I like this promotion. I think there's a lot of guys with the potential to be great champions on this show, but nobody's fucking doing it like Mox right now. Maybe nobody in all of pro wrestling is doing it like Mox right now. Well, you know, at least we know Mox won't leave it at a uh, at an Outback Steakhouse or whatever that was. No, Mox has better taste than that. He'll leave it at a Ruth's Chris. There you go. That 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 Renee will insist on going to exactly. No, they're they're gonna leave it at a melting pot on like a nice like Instagram worthy day. <laughs> And speaking, by the way, R.I.P. R.I.P. Fondue, man. I'm never going to a fondue restaurant again. Yeah, right. Which sucks because those are so nice. Our main event of the evening that maybe should not have been the main event. Is but it, our is main, it the main event, though? Is it the main event, though, Jeff? Uh, Chris Jericho and it Jake. A, it was a wrestling match, certainly. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager against the Chaos Project, uh, Dr. Luther and Serpentico in the Chris Jericho 30th anniversary match. Um, Japanese deathmatch wrestling legend Dr. Luther is in your main event. Discuss. Um, actually, I I really liked uh, Cast Project's entrance. I love the, the the strings coming out of Serpentico's uh, wrists or wherever that was. That looks. That's a very cool look, and like the incredibly like butt rocky new metal song like for their entrance really works for them. Oh yeah, I'll say that there there's something there, and in a deep tag division, these guys could stand out. I think. Um, we get more testimonials for Jericho, including 
from Yoshihiro Asai, Ultimo Dragon himself. So that was cool considering that yes, was Ultimo Dragon. He was one of my favorites growing up. Well, that my was my favorite wrestler to use in WCW versus NWO World Tour. That was uh, one of the matches we discussed uh, with uh, with uh, on that show I I mentioned earlier uh, the the where we talked about Chris Jericho matches. Uh, Chris actually recommended the uh, the match between uh, Jericho and Ultimo Dragon from War in 1995. I think he posted that again tonight too. Yeah, he, really he, he did actually. So yeah, it's a uh, no. It, yeah, it, that that's a that's a good one. That was like one of the 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 matches that broke Jericho because I think that was I think Mick Foley saw that match and recommended him to Paul Heyman based on ah, that. So and who doesn't you know if you're going to get in the ring with Ultimo Dragon and you shine yeah people are going to take notice yeah. he's a king he's a legend he's incredible i'm so happy i got to see him at wrestlecon last year uh it was a, truly a delight and a treat for a longtime fan 2019 was great to me i got to see Hooventude. i got to see the Ultimo Dragon i got to see a lot of wrestlers i've always wanted to see live uh, so very, very cool stuff uh, before the pandemic. Hit. Right. Um, now, when we're talking about the history of, of Jericho and Dr. Luther, of course, they both were from Stampede. Uh, they were they were trained by Stampede. Um, I think they may have encountered each other in war, too, because Dr. Luther did work war, too. Well, that's possible. That's something so, worth looking up. But, I think uh, Excalibur did talk about their history a little bit. Yeah, uh, and during... he did, but, uh, yeah, dur- in which we get our fifth explicit drop of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Because he, he Excalibur blatantly mentioned Gato. What the hell's going on here? It's called friendship. Look it up. Well, uh, there, uh, something must be brewing, especially since New Japan is going to have a uh, new president by October the 23rd. Since Harold May yes, is stepping down, so have they talked about who's taking over? Is there any yeah, inkling or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, Takami Obara, the guy who's currently running uh, New Japan of America. Right. Okay. That's kind of what I knew he was. The, I thought that was going to be the deal. I wasn't sure if that was like an interim or if he was the guy. He's the guy. Okay. Cool. He's the guy. So is that good? Is that a good thing from a New Japan more someone who's more in tune with New Japan? I mean, I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that there is some. There seems to be some indication that Harold May may have been one of the big roadblocks between the New Japan and AEW relationship. It's very or, interesting. Why do you think that is? I, You know what? I hadn't heard that, and I can't imagine why, because it was during Harold May that, well, I mean, the, the first six months of, of Harold May's presidency was, you know, the Kenny Omega IWGP championship, and it was kind of one of the rockiest creative periods <laughs> in New Japan. In recent times, so I don't know. That's that. It's interesting. It's it's very interesting. But let's get it, it is. But um, you know, either way, if this leads to New Japan and AEW, you know, forging forward a, a more fruitful relationship that you know benefits the fans first and foremost, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, especially since ROH aren't really running shows right now. So hmm, interesting. True. Um, this match, there was some. Interesting stuff, but not a whole lot of it, and this should not have been the main event. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to say I disliked the match, because I do like everybody involved. I thought Jericho, you know, was did a well, great except, job again doing what Jake he does Hager. best, right? Except Hager. Well, yeah, I, well, I didn't bring that up, because fuck that guy. I, I'm And, like, so, well, I'll get to it then, now that you brought it up. So Jericho did what he has been doing best and put his friends over and make the, made his opponents look good. That's what he's been doing, Um 
pretty much like clockwork for the last few months, right? Just making his opponents look like a million bucks. And he did great here in that spot as well. Jake Hager's fucking useless, man. What does he even do? Why is he there? Like, he's got, like, an MMA guy's look, and he's big, but, like, he's not a very particularly good wrestler. He doesn't do anything that stands out. You could have just as easily had Sammy Guevara be the partner in this match. Probably would have been better because him and Serpentico would have done some more creative shit. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Yeah, Jake Hager's useless. He, he, he is. He, he sucks, and he's an asshole. And yeah, fuck yeah. Jake Hager. Fuck him. Jericho gets the win. But, no, but love love to Luther and Serpentico. Well, this match, the the biggest problem with this match was where it was on the card, right? And let's address that. So the real main event of this show was the dog collar match. Everybody watching this could not deny that. You know it. I know it. Nope. Anyone listening to this podcast that watched that show knows it. This was the main event. But. You have to indulge Chris Jericho with his little 30-year party and derail the entire pace of your show so you can have a celebration for him. And I'm not sure how I feel about it, Jeff. It, I don't well, know. It's fine, I guess. But like, also, I feel like this genuinely was detrimental to the pacing and flow of what would have been a better product and a better television show if like the anniversary stuff was at halftime. And the main event was the dog collar match. You know, I, I, I don't disagree. And it's not the first time that if you if you transpose, you know, one thing with another, it, it, the dynamite would have been a better show. Um, I the, the whole reason why they did the anniversary thing at the very end was so not only so that they could do the whole MJF thing where, you know, Jericho breaks a picture of MJF over a clown and Judas affects the clown. And but they also wanted to do the big stick party at the end with all the heels come out and then they roll the credits, you know, SNL style. The credits were awesome. That was a very good bit. Could have done it without a match, right? You could have very easily had, I don't know. You could have done that like either way at a different part of the show, or you could have done it after the dog collar match as like a, you know, almost post credit thing. If you time the show, right. I just, it's no wrestling match should have happened after the dog collar match. Is Agreed. my thing. Agreed. This show. It was too good. And anything that came after it was, wasn't going to perform up to those standards. And that's why when you book a show, you book your best match last. Or you should be booking your best match last. Right. Well, you know, in theory, yes. But. In theory. In theory. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I do think that, you know, the, the whole Jericho anniversary thing derailed a lot of things although again the credits yeah that was funny i i, I laughed at that you know the end credits thing was great no because I popped, it, I it, it was very because it was like an snl thing like remember last week they did the whole the, the freeze frame thing like it was out of a sitcom yes and we still yeah. never and it also had that it had that whose line is it anyway kind of energy because all the names were the same and like i kind of just thought about like that madcap kind of tv comedy energy right and I, yeah i thought it re- worked really well uh so yeah no that was good but just i think the dog collar match would have been served even better having the tension and drama of being a main event match too. And I'm thinking of ways we could have enhanced what I thought was already a really, really good match. And I think that was the, the, that match was the star of the show or compromise, make that next week, build it up another week and don't put it on the same show. Right. Why did they have to do that match tonight? Yeah. That could have been something for, that could have been something for the, uh, for the anniversary show. 
Yeah, or the pay-per-view. Or the pay-per-view. There's a lot of times you can do this besides tonight. So I'm very... I'm confused as to why tonight was the night to pull the trigger on that particular event. I agree. But but with that, we close out episode 50 of AEW Dynamite. Directed by Chris Jericho. Executive produced by Chris Jericho. (laughs) Sorry, Chris Jericho. Cameraman. Chris Jericho. Key grip Chris Jericho. Catering Chris Jericho. Assistant to Mr. Jericho. Chris Jericho. Happy 30th anniversary, Chris Jericho. Uh, Get your shit together mentally, please. 30 years of wrestling... Uh, 30 years of having a great brain, uh, like six or seven years of having a really cool, also very strange podcast. Uh, we love you, Chris Jericho. Listen, man, Chris Jericho has been one of my biggest influences on my wrestling fandom for my entire time as a wrestling fan. It just is what it is. Uh, he was one of my first favorite wrestlers. He really showed me what wrestling could be beyond the traditional stuff you'd think of, especially as a child wrestling fan growing up. And then as I aged, I came back to professional wrestling. I saw Chris Jericho was still up to his old tricks. And it really showed me that people can sustain their careers as long as they're willing to change and grow with the product. And he is the gold standard at being willing to adapt to the changing winds of professional wrestling and needs to be commended for that for sure. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. I will plug myself. You can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV, no Ks, all Cs. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. The stream is back. We've been doing all kinds of fun stuff. Despite some weird internet issues that I am fixing, so follow me there. Get notified when I go live, and we will uh, you know, have good times on the internet. That's what I got. And you're also kind of more or less running the uh, BGTD podcast Twitter. Yes, I am sort of running the podcast Twitter account, but Jeff does have access, so sometimes he can tweet if he ever feels like it. It is BGTD podcast. That's BGTD, like boom goes the dynamite podcast on Twitter. Um, If you ask questions, I will answer them, which we will do before we get out of here. We did get one Twitter question, Jeff. Well, go ahead. I would like to answer that real quick. Uh, it comes from new follower and new user Dave at the Dato Dave. Dave asks, "Who's oh, our that, large that, man?" Of- that, that's our uh, that, that that's Dave Ryan of uh, Days of Thunder. Well, Dave Ryan wants to know who was our large man appearance of the year. Ooh, large man appearance of the year. He said large man appears of the year, but I think yeah, that yeah. means appearance. Well, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to interpret. A, no, a, a large man appears is a, is a recurring theme on Days okay, of Thunder. Okay, I kind of figured. Yeah, okay. it's a recurring. So, oh. so like when a large man appears on Thunder? Yes. Exactly. Okay, so I, get, I already get the joke? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> God. So who, who is, okay, who, who's your pick? For large man appears of the year. Yeah. Ooh. Of the whole year, yeah. Some large men have appeared on AEW Dynamite this Indeed. year. Indeed, we've gotten some pretty large men. Hmm. Griff Garrison. Is he a large man? Oh, he's a large man. He's got to be at least six two, six three. That's a large man. Okay. Okay. Ah, oh, God. You know what? Uh, consist for consistency, uh, Luchasaurus. But, okay. Um. For his his moments of brilliance that we've seen in him so far, uh, Wardlow. 
Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I almost went with Will Hobbs, also a great large man appears. Large men have been appearing on Dynamite, and I got to say, it's it's one of its strengths. It, it is. So, uh, hey, thanks, Dave, and we really appreciate you. Thank uh, you, Dave. Sh- shouting us out on our uh, for this this Man, our fiftieth episode, you our one year want ep- your anniversary. Burning questions answered on this very podcast. All you have to do is tweet us on Wednesday nights at BGTD Podcast. Use hashtag Boom Goes the Dynamite. See that? See what I did there? We're doing there that now. There you go. Use hashtag Boom Goes the Dynamite. Ask us questions about this show, about us, about the podcast, um, about the beer that I am drinking right now. It's a Wernsis Gurner. I got it at Aldi. It's delicious. Thank you for asking. Uh, but yeah, check us out at BGTD Podcast. Jeff, got some plugs? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. Um, this past Sunday, I dropped the, uh, the 2020 Busting Balls Fashion Show. Uh, where we uh, looked at a lot of kit that teams are wearing, and uh, we mocked some of them, but praised uh, others heavily. So, so take a listen to that uh, if you like. It's here on the PWOM Podcast Network. So, Paul, thank you as always. You're not going to ask me if I have any last words? Uh, do you have any last words, Paul? <laughs> I do. I have a couple of last words. One, fuck Steve Miller, breathe deep. Two, <laughs> what have I become now that I've betrayed everything I've ever loved and pushed them all away and I have been a slave to the Judas in my mind is there something left of me to save in the wreckage of my life my, my life. life I become I become I become in I become I become I become in Judas in Judas in my mind. We'll see you next week.